the social media thing, I find that to be one of the, the most challenging things because, you know, if you watch Gary Vee, his biggest stance is put out as much content, distribute so much. That takes a lot of time. You know, if you, the creative does, the responding does, the commenting, you know, everybody likes to say, I, I don't go on Instagram except for my business. And everything is kind of business today. It's tough because it's, it's pulling you, right? These things are engineered to, to get your attention. And today, more than ever, it's just like a, it's like a pacifier. Welcome to episode three of season nine of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you grow your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life that they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. If this is your first time listening, go ahead, hit that subscribe button so that you get notified every time a brand new episode drops. Live in the Feast is in your podcast app of choice. If you've heard the show before, go ahead, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or drop us a comment in Breaker or CastBox. This season is titled Building a Better and More Profitable Business, and it's all about leveling up our businesses to help create a more profitable and sustainable business. And today's co-host is Rob Roseman. I met Rob on an app called Spar in a group for dads. And we dive into a little bit of that in this episode. But Rob is many things. He's a TV game show contestant. In a former life, he was a Chicago Merck futures trader, a Vegas poker pro, an entrepreneur, podcaster, author, and a father of three. All of the jobs he's ever had, being a dad is his most challenging one. And in this episode, we dive into how to be intentional and prioritize our families through the busy world that we are all living in. And he shares a great tidbit from his book about this. The struggle of being a dad and a parent of this generation is legitimate. It's real. There's a lot going on right now. And we talk about that during this episode. Rob also shares the importance of the most impactful thing you can do during the day to take time for yourself. You can find out all about what Rob's up to and get on his newsletter. I do love his newsletter. I get it every single week. The five for Friday is great. It's awesome for all of us entrepreneurs or parents. And you can get on that at dadthebestican.com. I really enjoyed this conversation and you will too. So we talk a lot about dad stuff, but this is for your mom, the moms out there as well. Uh, and those future parents as well. There's a lot going on in this episode. So let's just dive into it. Are you feeling like you're in a silo all by yourself with no one to bounce ideas off of? Are you looking to get predictable revenue into your service-based business? Do you want better clients who respect you? Well, gain the support from like-minded developers, designers, and other creative professionals providing client services inside a Feast Club. Forget those stale articles from 2008 giving you advice on how to run your business. It's 2021. 
Join Feast Club today and get access to a community, including myself, where we share what we're working on in real time, strategies and resources that work in today's market, and ideas and support for one another in a safe place. You'll get access to a private podcast, which has bonus episodes from some of the guests in this season that you can only get inside a Feast Club. You'll also get access to a monthly one-hour virtual meetup, a private Slack and Circle community, member-only content library, access to message yours truly directly. Also, you're going to get exclusive expert workshops from folks like Kaylee Moore on pricing, Robin Kennedy on email, and Nick Gulig on sales, and so many more. There is no better time than right now to learn from those a few steps ahead of you and leverage your skills to help and support others to grow all of our businesses together. So if you want to check it out and join a community that's built on the saying, a rising tide raises all boats, head on over to feastclub.co today. I hope to see you on the inside of the club. Now, let's get back to the show. Feasters, welcome to another episode of Live in the Feast. I am super excited to bring Rob on the show. Welcome, Rob. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, it's funny how the world is these days, right? Like, we there's this app called Spar, and that's how we connected. Basically, for those that don't know what Spar is, is, it was basically you put up some skin in the game for about a week and do a check-in challenge for like a 30 seconds or a minute. And we were a part of a, like a dad group, right? It was like a support group, right? And it was just really just talking through some things a couple of times a week. And, and so we met through there and I got a lot out of it. I'm a dad, I run a business, and I think there's a lot of folks in the audience also in that space where they're a parent and they're running a business, and we want to do better. I mean, that's you have the book, which I just got yesterday, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to dive in. The title of the book is Dad the Best I Can. You know, I know that you, you say that quite often. I mean, you have podcasts and things like that too, so... Rob, in a nutshell, I know you have a lot in the background there. Why don't you just share a little bit of the bullet points of of who you are and and what makes up you? Yeah, for sure. And it is very serendipitous of how we met with that. That is a really cool app too. I always tell people, if you want to build a habit, you need some skin in the game. So it's mainly for like exercise, weight loss, where you like actually lose money if you don't do your video check-in, which they say the psychology of loss aversion is a lot stronger than, oh, I'll give you 50 bucks if you go to the gym. So that was a really neat group. And like you were saying, I think dads especially, we don't have that kind of kind of community where we can talk to each other, especially people that are working on their business. So yeah, even those little one minute check-ins like, oh, okay, this dad's got a kid screaming in the background too. It's, it's really helpful to see. So I'm glad we did that. But my story is graduated from college, went straight to Chicago. I was a futures trader on the floor of the Chicago Merck, which is, I'm sure you've seen Ferris Bueller trading places, just a complete chaotic, high stress, but really fun competitive world. And I was on the floor, I was on the computer where I was a trader for about seven years. Had a really good run with that, kind of got burnt out and was looking for the next thing and decided we always played poker with my buddies, home games and stuff. And 
at the time I had qualified for the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas, which I was like, hey, I got to take a shot on this. And serendipitously, again, I had a really long, crazy run in the main event, which was, you know, the ESPN big, biggest tournament ever at the time, actually in 2006. And I had a pretty big score where I finished 23rd out of 8,800 people. And, you know, I was just at a transitional period of my life. I was turning 30. I was like, why not give it a shot? Move to Vegas. That'll be a story I could tell my kids one day. So moved to Vegas and I ended up being a professional poker player for 11 years. It's where I met my wife, now ex-wife, which is a, another story, chapter two of the book. But we had three beautiful kids, eight-year-old boy, six-year-old boy, now a three-year-old girl. We have since moved to the Atlanta area. And yeah, I kind of, again, was I'm kind of in a habit of every seven, eight years reinventing myself. So moving to Atlanta for my uh, wife's career at the time, it was a big change for me because poker is not legal in Georgia. And uh, I needed to find the next thing. And I started, you know, I was really devouring the podcast, self-improvement, the Tim Ferriss, the Joe Rogans. And I thought, hey, I'm kind of, I want to document or I want to talk to other people, other dads going through this. So I reached out to some friends. Would you want to, if I start a podcast, would you come on for a half hour, talk about dad life, talk about your life as an entrepreneur, as a lawyer, as a doctor? And they all jumped at it. So yeah, I kind of like started booking some good interviews. I ended up getting like my big, big guy, big dad that I wanted on the show was uh, Jesse Itzler who is a mega entrepreneur, married to Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. And he runs a course called Build Your Life Resume, which is you know all about just compiling kind of life, life events, life achievements, taking big shots. So he really inspired me. And he also taught me the power of outreach. And I took a shot and emailed him and actually mailed him a book and mailed him like a personalized letter, which is like a tip he always uses. He's like, write handwritten letters. You'd be shocked at how few people do it and how powerful it is. So I did that. And he emailed me back 24 hours later, like, Rob, this is so cool. I'd love to be on your podcast. CC'd his assistant. I was like, holy crap, this is like really happening. So he was an awesome interview. And then I was interviewing uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, CEOs of tech companies, uh, Drift, uh, David Cancel, who is a one of the most charismatic CEOs I've ever met. But then he's talking about his kids. And it was really like, relatable and interesting to hear from these people that do these big things. But, you know, we all pay lip service to the fact that at the end of our lives, we're not going to look back about how much money we made or how our businesses did. We're going to talk about our family and our friends and that kind of thing. But as dads, you didn't really hear people out there talking about it. So I was like, they have to be thinking about it. They all jumped at the shot to really kind of express this part of their life. And it shows, you know, when they get home from a long day, it's a circus at their house too. There's kids crying, there's, you know, teenage problems. So it really helps you connect with people more. And a big thing for me, it was almost like therapy is like feeling less alone. There's somebody else going through what you're going through. So kind of a fun little adventure and, you know, turned into this podcast, turned into my relationship with Jesse, turned into this book now, which is kind of a aggregate of all of the tips and everything, the highlights. And yeah, I'm just kind of like I do everything, kind of winging it and seeing where stuff takes you and start before you're ready and just kind of go for it. So it's been a fun ride. And certainly with three young kids, it's going to only get more interesting. I'm of the same ilk a little bit. 
I'll take their start before you're ready stuff for sure. I'm a gambler. I don't come from an entrepreneurial family at, by any stretch. My father, stepfather, my mother, not even close. And my wife is like the rock. She wants to know when, when the stuff is coming in, when the paychecks are coming in and stuff. So, you know, I'm definitely the gambler, so to speak, the entrepreneur and stuff like that. So I can appreciate that. But I mean, for me, the reason why I wanted to do this in the first place was so that I could be there for those first words and first steps and things like that. And like, you know, whatever recitals and games, whatever their interests were. And this was even before I had a family. Right. And so that was always my goal. I'm curious to hear from all your conversations with all the entrepreneurs that you've talked with. And even just, you know, I know that there's ex-athletes in the book and things like that from all the dads that you've spoke with, I guess two questions really come of it. Was there any sort of underlying common thread that you found from them as human beings, not as business people or dads or whatever, but them as human beings? And two, what was the the one, if there was one thing that they all said, if there was one, what was that? Yeah. So the one tip I did get a lot and Jesse had this tip and then I heard a bunch of other dads say it, especially when you have more than one kid. I know you have two young kids. How old yep. are yours right now? Yeah. Three and a half and one. Yeah. So you're, you're in the thick of it. So much yeah, respect. Yeah. <laughs> but Jesse has four kids, 10 and under. I've got three kids and I think really carving out, we all talk about being present and being intentional and those can be kind of nice cliche things to say, but really carving out specifically one-on-one -on -one time with dad and son or dad and daughter, because you know how it is when you're with the family, it's almost a different, you're almost running a business, you know, it's get somebody here, get somebody there. And we started doing this actually, like uh, my ex-wife and I, where we'll take one of our kids on like kind of a dad date. And I think really putting the phone away, that's another big thing is we have a tough time with, especially as entrepreneurs, it's 24 seven, there's always more you can do. But taking that afternoon where you're gonna, it doesn't even have to be doing anything exciting, you could go get ice cream, but it's just you and that one kid. You know, it's just stuff that I never really heard about from other dads. Our dads didn't really talk about this kind of thing. I guess moms do. But yeah, it was just that kind of, these guys are as busy as it comes and they have to be more intentional. They have to really prioritize these kind of things. I know Jesse's a big put it in the calendar person where he'll have uh, four o'clock on Wednesday. I'm taking my kid to go play basketball. That's in his calendar. So like we're, we are all winging it and there's just so much coming at us, especially these days. But I think really like, being intentional about those times with your kids is important. And, you know, another thing that a recent guest of mine, Mike Johnson, he talked about, I think Aristotle quoted this, so he was borrowing his quote, but show me a child from the age of zero to seven, and I'll show you the man. And the point of that was, is that so much of your wiring is like almost completed by the time you're seven years old, you, you have another burst of it when you're a teenager. But really like those first seven years and you know, we're right in the thick of it. They are so thankless. They feel like, what are we doing? But how important they are. And it is kind of a, a long-term investment you're putting in. So hearing that and then reading more about the importance of that, I found to be just really impactful as to like, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. Doesn't always feel like this, but, uh, and then as you see your kids grow up and act like, you know, nice kids and hopefully nice adults. We're not just raising kids. You want the, them to be, when they're 30 years old, you want them to be, you know, good adults that are contributing to society. So really just like this whole 
dialogue I'd never really had before a couple of years ago when I started the podcast. So it's, it's just been really fun and, and really cool. And also to see these people that I admire in a more relatable way that the CEO of a hundred million dollar company telling me how hard it is to this work-life balance. A lot of people have opinions of how it's not even really possible and that you really have to. David Cancel in the book said it was at the beginning was trying to do everything, be there in the morning, be there at night. And he felt like he was just screwing up all day. And his tip actually in the book is he decided he needed to choose mornings or nights. And he said, okay, I'm going to choose mornings. And every day I'm going to be with my kid for breakfast and take him to school, but I'm not going to be able to make most nights. He has events, he has other things going on. So like that clarity. And he even told people at drift the kind of the same thing is like, you, you have to really carve these things out and prioritize certain things. So, so that's been really helpful because I think a lot of it too, is we walk around with all this guilt that we're, we're not doing enough because, you know, dads are probably doing more than any generation in the past between work and kids and activities and friends and your spouse. You got to maintain that relationship. You're God forbid we want to take like an hour to ourselves where we just want quiet. So there's so much going on. I think it's, it's helpful to hear that other dads are going through it too and kind of find things that are working for them. And to your point, like there's plenty of articles that I've been reading over the years as far as generations and how fathers have been there for the parents. And obviously, I, you know, I'm not a psychologist or a doctor or anything like that. So I kind of take it with a grain of salt, but we've seen it. Like, you know, I can tell from my father and grandparents and even further back, it was always more like a, a macho thing or a masculine thing. Like I got to go to work. The mom would stay home with the kids and stuff like that. I don't know. For me, like I didn't, my biological father basically severed relationship. I haven't spoken to him in, well, I don't know, probably close to 15 years, that sort of a thing. And so, and that was because I, as a teenager, saw who he really was and I didn't want to become that. And so for me, that was always like, my kids are my compass, right? So like I've got photos here and I prioritize decisions based around the time that it's going to take me away from them, right? And while I have to run a business and things like that, yeah, I try to keep that in check in some ways. But at the same time, it's like having that thing that I didn't want to happen. It's like this, like, I don't know, rubber wall that like, if it start going over there, then I just bounce back. Right. And so I like that. Put the phone away. It's certainly a hard thing to do for sure. My wife actually on vacation would, will take my phone and throw it in the safe and not give me the combo and let the phone out at night. That's a good <laughs> idea. Like but, that. but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's so, I mean, we're talking a lot about dads and stuff too, but like, you know, it's just parents. A lot of this can apply for sure. I mean, you know, my wife also works from home, right? And so we're both home together and we sometimes do feel guilty at times, even though we're around our kids 99% of the time, one of us is always there and there's this guilt that, especially with two, when we just had TJ, our oldest son, it was like, okay, the attention's on him, 100%. Now that the baby's here, Lucas, it's like, we have to pay attention to him. And TJ starts to fight back. And it's just like, all of a sudden, it's just exponentially harder. <laughs> it's not just twice as hard. So like, there's that guilt there. And, and so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. It's like, sometimes when I'm working, you know, like, and I get into that zone and then they come in. I mean, I know we're on the podcast, but over here to the, the right of me is a train set. 
you know, and they'll come in here and bang things around and this, that. I'm like, can you just leave the room? <laughs> like, it's not their fault. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts around curbing that guilt, if you will, like, it, you know, or getting through it, if you will. Yeah, I think especially if you are at home with your spouse, that's important to define these things in these times. Look, from four to five, I need total silence. After that, you go do you. It's a free for all. There's a lot of like trading, bartering off. So it was funny. Just yesterday, I had a, a office hour Zoom call that I really wanted to be on. It was important. And my kid, he just finished his second day of virtual school, which is a complete cluster and like Again, there's all this guilt that like I'm telling my kid to get off the iPad and now he's in front of a screen for six hours. I'm like, what are we doing here? It's just like, and he's watching TV because I'm trying to get a little stuff done. And he asked me if we can go swimming. It was just him and I. So at first I was like, oh, I have this thing at three. And I said, you know what? Like I'm going to, you know, Jesse actually talks about this a lot too. He says, remember tomorrow where if you're struggling with the decision today, should I run this race? Should I finish? Think about how you're going to feel tomorrow. And my instinct was to say, no, we'll do it later and blow it off and, you know, be somewhat productive. But I said, and it was a little bit of guilt. I said, you know what? Let's go. We're going to the pool. I actually took my computer. I said, I can't be in swimming with you the whole time. He knows how to swim now. So that's a, that's important pro tip. Make sure or give him a floaty. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, these decisions are very hard. And I was like, we should have planned this better, but there are times where I think, sacrificing a little bit of productivity to be with your kid, especially if like you can see that they really want that attention is important. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's very complicated. And now with kids being home, this is a whole new dynamic that we're working with. So I think we all need to constantly be recalibrating, reevaluating. Talking is very important, you know, that especially with your spouse, like a lot of these things can build resentment and then you're holding it in. And, well, I did these 10 things today. You didn't do anything. And, like you need to have that, even if it's a fight, you need to have that conversation so you can keep iterating and keep getting better throughout the week. Because just because we have kids doesn't mean we know what we're doing. As you know, it's like we think we're parents, we should know better. And now I have this whole new appreciation that like my parents must not know what they were doing either. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, I think and especially again for dads, I think moms have a lot more communication, a lot more support system of the play dates and the bus stop and the and dads, we're just not talking about it. It's, uh, oh, we got soccer practice on Saturday and, oh, you're having another kid. Good luck, buddy. And it's just like, I know they must be thinking these things because I know they're great dads, but we never talked about it. So I think really just even, you know, in the book too, I say almost like a challenge, like call your friend up and instead of just asking him what's going on, really ask him what it's like being a dad. And I think being able to have those conversations can kind of just, it is like therapy. It'll take a lot of the pressure off. And what are you doing to work at home while your kids are at home with school? And maybe they'll give you an idea, but like you need to be able to reach out and have these conversations now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on the screen time thing. Cause the way that my wife and I structure our days, it's like split. So I'll wake up in the morning around five 30, get to work till about 11 or 10 then break for a few hours, take the kids for lunch while she does work. And then uh, after lunch, then I come back and, and work. But now our oldest is maybe preschool. We haven't really figured it out. We don't actually start until the beginning of September here in New York, but like there is in person and like, I'm like, it's preschool. If it was high school. Okay. You know, you obviously 
got to go, right? Like you got to do whatever the high school thing says, but preschool is like organized play. (laughs) It's just like, but it's like a thing, but you know, we're struggling with just trying to feel like we're doing the right thing. And that's really what it comes down to. We're just trying, we're paving our own path. Like that, you know, video game thing is like clearing the fog of war, right? Like you're just kind of exploring and then things become visible just a little bit farther ahead. But I don't know, like the thing that I struggle the most is, is, what I feel is best for him or, you know, both of them, but best for our, our kids, best for the family. And then the third thing, and this is something that I've had to kind of get over myself is the external factors. What does our family think? What does our friends think? And all of that other stuff. You have any thoughts around that? Like I know Gary Vee is a big thing of like, why are you doing things for other people? Just be self-aware of you and just do you. But like, it's easier said than done, right? I'm curious to hear your thoughts around that external factors thing. Yeah. I, and I do love Gary Vee, but every now and then I do have to take a break because he does go so hard. And I think that can be detrimental and add this added pressure to you. You know, a lot of that is very applicable to 20s and single. And not to say you can't do it, you are doing it. But I do think it is a little different world today. And what you were saying before, ironically, I think your kids are so young. My three-year-old is going to preschool, which, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to afford, but we needed to get her in there. And I think the high schoolers are actually the ones that are staying home because I think they're, I don't know, more likely to spread. I have no idea, but pretty much at least in Georgia, everybody, they even opened the doors and now everybody's back home. So there's a lot of that going on. So that decision, I don't know. And the hard part is too, you have no idea if you're making the right decision. You know, it's like, it's very confusing. The other thing I think is the impact of social media, which is another thing I struggle with. Like, I know it's very important for your business, for your brand, but it's hard not to be overwhelmed with what all these other people are doing. And we know intellectually, like, this is all fake. They're not really as at Disney World every day, that kind of thing. But it still kind of hits you, especially you know, the screen time is something I'm very sensitive about. And my kids are playing, I can't even tell you how much on their iPad or their Nintendo Switch. And I'm like, and I'm on my phone too. So I think we do have to be more graceful, kinder to ourselves that it's just a very challenging time. And that if your kids are getting, you know, I had a near all on the podcast and he's in the book and he's big proponent of I don't want to say he's anti screen time by any means, but he says these are like personal decisions that you have to make. And even he has said that like a, a little bit of time on the screen is not going to negatively impact your kid, which is you know a relief to hear because it drives me crazy when I look over and they can't turn it off. So I think one, just being easier on yourself, you're a good dad. You're not going to let your kids like go light a fire outside and <laughs> burn down the neighborhood. But at the same time, it's, you're going to be giving in more. And uh, yeah, I don't really know. And I don't think anybody does. So I think that's why I like, us having this conversation is really helpful because it's like, Oh, I feel like Jason has it together. He's got the kids, he's got the business, he's got the podcast, he got this, and you're struggling with these things too. And that alone is helpful. And I'm sure, you know, let's be honest, Gary Vee's probably struggling with it too. He doesn't really put his kids in his family, like as part of his life. Whereas uh, Jesse is very, he wants to show, show all that, but even all these people, they have so much going on. And I don't think you're, you're really seeing a, a clear vision of what's happening behind closed doors with family. I definitely can uh, relate to the fact of 
being judged. Oh, you let your kids do that. You let them outside. And it's like, if you're not in this house, you really, not to say you don't have a say, but like, and I'm try I try really hard not to get defensive about it too, because you know, it's just your instinct to do it. But I think everybody's doing the best they can. We're all making mistakes and uh, yeah, just keep kind of checking in on yourself and not taking things too personally, I think is that's something I learned in trading and in poker. You have to like really just be able to let, let stuff roll off you easier said than done, especially in these days. But even if it's, I'm going to be really annoyed about something. If I can cut that to 15 minutes instead of three hours, that's a big win for my day, for my family, my life. So those are the kind of things I try to like, think about this just drove me absolutely crazy. But like at uh 445, I got to get over it. Yeah. I like that. Giving yourself the space and then, but limited, limit the space. Right. And like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I, my wife and I have been talking ad nauseum about every single night is, is what's the worst that can happen if we don't send him to preschool? What's the worst that can happen if we do send him to preschool? Worst case scenarios is like, well, both of our, my in-laws and my, my parents, they're not in the best of health. So they're at a high risk group or whatever with this. Worst case scenario is like one, he gets something or he brings it home and somebody else gets something and worst case scenario, mortality, right? And so that's worst case on that end. But then worst case is he didn't go to preschool. Okay. What does that mean? Right. In the long, I didn't go to preschool. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I didn't go. So it was, it's one of those things. It's, and it's just like, you have chatter over here like, Oh, when's he start school? And like all this other, I'm like, well, we haven't figured that out yet. That's why like your whole brand, the best you can, bad, the best you can, like all of that stuff. It's something that I, I say to myself sometimes you were talking about like the pool versus the call. Right. And so sometimes I'll, I'll check myself. I'll be like, you just dumped out all the blocks. You dumped out all the Legos. You dumped out all of this stuff, this stuff everywhere. And you're not even playing with it. And then you want to dump something else out. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. And then like, but then I'm like, does it matter? Is it something that he's going to have fun with for a little while and, and move on? Yeah, probably. Does it matter in the long run or do I just decide to get crazy about it? And then the whole night is derailed and you know, everybody's crying and things like that. So yeah. And then you're crying. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think giving ourselves a break, you said like even just allowing yourself the space and time to feel the emotions that you're feeling, but then say, Hey, okay, I'm going to just get a break for half an hour. You're going to go for a walk, whatever you need to do, that sort of thing. Oh, Jason, I'm literally in, I call it going into the closet because I actually go in the closet. I've tried to pick up meditating, which I do my own version of. I took the TM class and I do think it's very powerful. But for me, just like this phone is down, it's dark, it's quiet. I need 20 minutes a day, sometimes twice a day. And I will go in the closet. Like I'll be like, here's the iPad. Here's the TV. Don't talk to me. And I come out of that. Sometimes I'll fall asleep in there. I'll set a timer. But it's been like the most impactful thing that I've done is when I'm freaking out and usually that's by two o'clock if the kids are all home, I need to take that time. And if I don't take it, it's kind of my own fault. Nobody's going to do it for you. Your wife's not going to say, you know what, go for a walk. I got this. You really need to like have these kind of non-negotiable, almost on the, on the schedule kind of times for yourself because there's always more stuff you can do. But like, I think now more than ever, paying lip service to, we need to take time for ourselves. It's like, no, you need to write it in your calendar that at this time I'm going for a walk, maybe without my phone, because I think like we, our brains do need a break, 
the, the payoff is going to be a lot more than you just writing that extra email or doing that, that little bit extra. But I think today it's, it's more important than ever, especially with the technology just at our fingertips and the, the news cycle and everything coming at us. In the history of time, we've never had to deal with this many you know, reactive things. Like Our brains really are not even wired to handle this much, which we know, but we're still not really doing that much about it. So I think we almost have to like pause and say, I got to find some, some guardrails on this, this ride or else we're, we're going to go off it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my wife, it's funny. Like I don't really go on social media to go on social media. Like Facebook isn't a thing for me. It's the business so that ads and whatnot. But outside of that, I don't really go on there. Twitter is the one place that I will kind of scroll aimlessly at times. But my wife was like, maybe two months ago, I guess she was just like, I deleted Facebook from my phone yesterday. And I was like, well, oh yeah, why? She goes, cause I was just scrolling for no reason and like getting upset with everybody with the, you know, the civil unrest and everything else. Like people were just coming out from all angles. And she's like, I felt so anxious about everything. I just forget it. And she, she even admitted, she goes, I thought it was going to be hard. Like she's like the first day I kept picking up my phone and we're like, Oh yeah, I don't have that and put it down. But she said, once the day passed after 24 hours, it wasn't a thing anymore. She doesn't even look at it. She'll look at it on her, you know, on a computer, but that's more, that's way more intentional than just mindlessly on your phone. So I think we as humans have to be a little self-aware of those sort of things. Like you, like you said, like today, like we're getting bombarded from all angles everywhere all the time. And like, you kind of have to be like, okay, I need to separate a little bit. And yeah. I have to be, have enough of my own willpower that I don't pick up the the phone or turn on the app or whatever. Right. I think that's super, super and, important. And you're, the other thing is now you feel guilty that you're ignoring your kid, which again, I did take my kid to the pool yesterday, but there's plenty of times where I'm like, no, I'm sorry. You get to play. I need time to myself. You have to choose yourself or else it's just going to run at you. And the social media thing, I mean, this is a whole other discussion, but I find that to be one of the, the most challenging things because, you know, if you watch Gary Vee, his biggest stance is put out as much content, distribute so much, that takes a lot of time. You know, if you, the creative does, the responding does, the commenting. So, and if you're saying, well, this is part of my business, then, you know, everybody likes to say, I, I don't go on Instagram except for my business. And everything is kind of business today. So I find that really challenging. And I'm always asking people like, how do you do it? And I have friends that they'll load up their phone, put their stuff in, and they'll delete the app. And they'll like, they'll, they'll keep doing that. But even that I need to have, and I need to get better at this myself. Like, from one to one thirty, you're allowed on it, and then you're not allowed on it till five thirty. So it's tough because it's it's pulling you right. These things are engineered to to get your attention, and today more than ever, it's just like a it's like a pacifier, right? It's like a soothing device. So so yeah, a lot of things that we're dealing with that uh, I think nobody really has answers to, but the conversations help. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that too. So I want to obviously be mindful of your time before that you go. So I. I got this book. I ordered the, the paperback book, came last night, or it was on sitting on my stoop last night. Some point during the day, it came. Dad, the best I can. The, the subtitle here is The Nuggets of Wisdom from Entrepreneurs, CEOs, and 52 Other Dads That Will Help You Thrive in Dad Life Without Losing Your Mind. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to actually dive in. And I'm not a reader. The audience knows I'm not really a big, avid reader, but for me, as I was thumbing through it, I was even just 
catching things and like, oh, let me just, and I, I pause and read it. If I was just to open up to one little tidbit, like if I like had 30 seconds right now to read a little tidbit, is there one in here that sticks out in your mind? There are a lot of good ones in there. I love Jesse's chapter. He's just full of uh, nuggets about really being intentional with his kids. One thing he said that really stuck with me is he's 51 now. And when he turned 50, he made this decision. He wants to learn 50 new things, whether it's to play ping pong, to play chess, to be a handyman, all these things. And he's doing them. But the big thing he said is a big reason why he's doing it. They are for himself, but he wants to see, he wants to show his kids that like he's still learning and because that's what he wants them to do. So this whole idea of modeling, we talk a lot about, and it's not what you say to your kids, it's what you do. But there's another excellent uh, chapter in the book from Dr. John Duffy. He's a psychologist because we talk about coaching my kids. I'm driving my kids to baseball practice. And my kids said to me, when do you get to play tennis? When do you get to play baseball? I was like, you're right. Like, I don't, why don't I get to do these things? So I call it being selfish, call it what you will, but really like taking responsibility for your own life because I think it benefits your kids more than just being at their service because we, we have this responsibility. So really focusing on yourself, doing the things you want your kids to do, not just talking about them because they're, whether it's your cursing at home, whether it's like all these things, they're going to do what they see you're, you doing and you telling them to eat their vegetables when you're not, they're just not going to do it. So I think uh, you hear a lot of similar tips throughout the book and I think it kind of reinforces this behavior. And that's, and I don't know about you, but I need to hear something usually 50 times before it like clicks in. So even in the book, you see these kind of recurring themes. And a lot of them are about, you know, self-care as dads, which is something I think we really struggle with. I know I do. I know friendships get a lot harder. You know, you have tons of friends that you're seeing all the time in your twenties. And even that is like text every once in a while. So that's another thing that is talked about in the book the importance of, you know, cultivating your friendships. Dr. Duffy says it actually contributes to mortality in men. So it's like when you read stuff like that, you're like, man, I really do. Sorry, honey, I got to go out with my friends and maybe not feel as bad about it and maybe help her understand that you taking care of you as a dad is going to benefit your wife, your kids, everybody. Yeah. And it's funny too, because I always say like, I, I am not a handyman at all. <laughs> so I love that. I, I just think it's cool. Like I follow a couple of people on Instagram that are woodworkers. I, my best friend, he has a whole woodworking shop. And so it's like always amazing to go and see him create furniture and stuff. I'm like, I just don't know how to do that. But if I got away from the screen and away from work for a little bit, and maybe instead of it just being me, take my sons with me, they can bang on a piece of wood just as good or bad as I can. Right. And so I think that's a, that's actually a good little tidbit. I'm going to certainly check that out. Well, I thank you, Rob, for coming here and helping us with all of this on how we can be better. Where can folks reach out and say thanks? Yeah. And I appreciate being on. This is an awesome podcast you have uh, right now. I would definitely say go to Amazon, pick up the dad, the best I can book. I am at dadthebestican.com. You can find me on Instagram as my social media of choice right now. I'm actually going to be teaming up with Jesse Itzler. He's creating a Build Your Life resume, BYLR, they call it, radio station, which is going to house all this content and really cool podcasts, a lot of Jesse's material. I mean, he's an incredible person to follow, but dad the best I can. And uh, I told you, you've got a three and a half year old. My business is kickstartreading.com where we help teach kids how to read. My sister is a kindergarten teacher and 
She also does this. We say it's screen time you can feel good about because I think we're all struggling with screen time these days. So if you've got young kids, kickstartreading.com. But definitely, I'd love any dad or mom that's listening, pick up the book. You're, it's great bathroom dad reading, great gift for the holidays. And yeah, you'll, you'll have fun with it. You'll, you'll get a laugh and you'll really, a lot of things will resonate with you in it. Well, I appreciate that, Rob. Before I let you go, you said the radio station. So I guess that that's, that's probably the answer to this question. But what's up next for the next six to 12 months for you? Yeah, I mean, it's every, every day is changing. I am recently divorced. So that's a whole new adventure that I'm, that I'm on, that I'm also trying to reach out to other friends that have gone through that to learn what it's like. But yeah, it's kind of like things kind of happen when they're least expecting them. So yeah, I'll be teaming up with Jesse and kind of uh, featuring the podcast and a lot of his content on BYLR Radio. So I'm really excited about that. Just being able to work with people that you admire that, that are super passionate. I'm excited about that. So, so that's my focus right now. And raising these kids, no matter what I'm doing, that's uh, pretty much 80% of the day. So we got baseball practice, first practice Saturday morning, and God knows what for the rest of them. But it'll, <laughs> it, it, it keeps me exhausted and young at the same time. So you know how it is. You're, you're right in the middle of it. That, that age is tough. So it's just uh, keep pushing through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's all we can do. Right? <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Rob. Really do appreciate your time with us here today. So for all of you that are listening, and if you've made it to this point in the podcast, Rob didn't know I was going to do this, but if you go ahead and leave a review for the podcast, the first two people that do leave a review for the podcast and then snapshot it, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts these days. Still can't get out of that. But snapshot it, send it to me. I will buy you the book on behalf of Rob. Um, so I will buy the book for you, the paperback book. So go ahead and do that. All you need to do is just leave a review and let me know. Send me a message, an email, a tweet, whatever it is, and I will certainly uh, get that out to you. So I appreciate it, Rob, for you spending some time. I know we went a little over. Thanks. Yeah, that's all. I love that idea, Jason. I appreciate you sharing it. It's a fun, it's a fun thing to share because I think you can help change people's lives. Yeah, thanks. So for all of you listening, until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. <laughs>